everyone, it's Minna. And I'm Hager. And this is Yellow Bye. <laughs> it looks so crazy. We forgot that we had to record, so <laughs> half my hair is done and half of it isn't a curly bun. Yeah, because I was like, Minna, it's 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, we have to record. And then our downstairs neighbors have been really upset with us. They hate us. So they just don't understand that we're loud and they've been really hating us. So we're naturally a loud family to begin with. Mm -hmm. But then add on top of it, we're all fasting for Ramadan and we're all unemployed. So like our schedules have been. Yeah. Like on a normal basis, it's like we all live together, but none of us are ever home. Like we're here to sleep and then we wake up in the morning and then we're out for the whole day. And then when we're home, we're asleep. Yeah, so, so it's usually we don't make any noise, but since the quarantine, but it hasn't really showed up until Ramadan because our Cause schedule, because we, we stay up. I mean, up we're kind Fred. of assholes. Like, yeah, we, we stay we up till Fagr to do suhoor, and like we're just so like we forget that other people are sleeping. I okay, maybe this can be an, a topic for discussion. <laughs> so they, like, I don't remember what I did the other day. I think I went to get my charger, and then they mm-hmm. banged on the wall, like mm-hmm. on their ceiling, right? Well, even if I were being so loud, I don't think that banging on a ceiling is the right way to go about it. Like, you have our number. You can message us and be a mature adult. Imagine they will listen to this. If you're listening to this. Banging on the ceiling or on the floor is, like, such a New York thing, though. It's really embarrassing, too, because, like, you bang on each other's shit and then you see each other on the stairs. And you're like, like, hey, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> like last time they did it and I was so pissed off at them and I was like, Hey, how are you? Oh no, 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 no. Do you want the door open? <laughs> they were so nice. Whatever. But I just think like we they're really annoying too. Like they do a bunch of stuff that we're pisses just us nice. off. The thing they is don't with say Arab anything. parents is that they're so polite. And they never say anything. And I was telling my mom, I was like, Why are you so polite? Like you can also say Well, I know the reason. Why? Because I remember when we were at parks or whatever, if, like, a piece of, like, like, a crumb fell, Mama would, like, go pick it up because she didn't want oh, people yeah. to think of Arabs that we were messy or yeah. whatever it is. Or, like, like, if we were too loud or something, she'd be like, quiet, we don't want them wait, to Wait, this think- is a great segue, yeah, girl. I know. I know. <laughs> Did you it's do like, it on purpose? I, I, I saw you do it, and then I was like, I'm going to go with it. You're doing it on purpose. I'm going to go with it. But anyways. Okay, but wait, let me first explain this. I think when you are so you look very arab you almost have to walk through life in the western world so like in new york in such a way where you like you feel like you're representing the whole culture well my mom would literally say it my mom's we're muslim and my mama wears the hijab (laughs) so she's always like if i do something wrong in public it's gonna reflect all muslims and it and the sad thing is that it does like people will look at the one black guy and be like all black men are like that the one arab guy and they'll be like all arab men are like that Mm -hmm. like they people love to generalize especially when they're very uneducated if you're a white person right and you have one arab neighbor and that arab neighbor beats his wife up like it's like oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's true what they say on the news is true like it also works the opposite way around too if you are that one white neighbor and the arab and your arab neighbor is the sweetest guy you're gonna go around thinking like all arabs are so sweet it's it's silly it's not not always negative but like 
it's it's just really funny the way that that happens. But anyway, Hager, you want to segue into it? <laughs> it's a perfect segue. So today we're going to talk about representation. And oh man, I wanted to save this till we had a guest on. I completely number, forgot. We okay, do we'll a do a number two. two. I'm not going to think of a new topic right now. <laughs> Mid episode change real quick <laughs> but about representation we were having a discussion with our friend Nuda yesterday and it like lasted three hours on this so we're like let's bring it into the podcast so. it's really rep the arab representation in media and how arabs take it and how non-arabs take it um and this goes with like people like mo Saleh. Or is it Salah? Salah? I never know how to say That's his really name. That's really embarrassing. He's the most Mo famous Salah. Egyptian. <laughs> Mo Salah or Rami or um, what's her name? I, do, I never know how to say her name either. Iman Hamayam or whatever. The model, the, model. The, the Arab model. It's all of these people who decided to go into these careers where like the world is pretty much watching them and they represent what Arab men and women are. And there's how us Arabs take it. And I think we take it in a way where it's like, if you're not telling my story, then I will disregard yeah. what you've done. Like, ugh, you didn't represent me in the way that yeah. I wanted to be represented. But what we were saying yesterday was when there's such few people that are representing you, they're going to tell their story. They're not going to tell mm-hmm. millions of people's stories. Well, I think first we have to talk about like how bad Arab re- representation was in the media to begin with like we were saying yesterday how like movies if they were showing us yes there was the terrorist the whole terrorist thing and that everybody knows about but then even in like love stories like Cairo time or whatever there are always two different scenarios if it's a white woman falling in love with an Arab man then this Arab man was gonna like sexualize her and make her like super wild and take out her like it would always be like this goody two-shoes white woman that falls in love with an arab man and he would take her out of like her really goody two-shoes zone and then if it was the other way around if it was a an arab woman falling in love with a white man he would be bringing her out of the oppression that she felt with her family and she would like stand up to them by the end of the movie um and I would get so frustrated. So I do think there, the frustration is not valid. Like, I don't think you should take it out on the Arabs who are representing. But I get it. Like, it's like we've seen ourselves misre- misrepresented so much mm-hmm. that when an Arab is finally the one telling the story, you want so much to feel a part of it. And if you don't, then you get pissed off, which is stupid. But the, for me... Well, this this podcast can go in so many different ways, and maybe we should have structured it better, because <laughs> the oppression thing is, like, a topic of its own. That's what people who, let's be real, have a light skin and are not Arab, that's what they want to see. They want to see the story that they've already yeah. believed in because the media portrays men as oppressing women. So when a filmmaker is making a film about a man oppressing a woman... She has no say and she gets beaten and she's not following her dreams. It's like we're pretty much telling the story that they want to see. So I I personally, and I feel like this is like an opinion. It's like an, un, maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I just don't think we should continue to make those movies. But I think, so this so is You actually, can make whatever you want, This is course. another conversation. But like with all the movies that I just like mentioned where they do those I looked at who wrote the story and it's always not an Arab person 
Um, it's like one Arab writer. Yeah, and like a like bunch of like white, white people. people. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like they write the story that they think want to hear. Yeah, it's like what's gonna but sell. Then I have a question because I actually always think about this. Do you think that non Arabs or non Black people or whatever it is should write stories about? Arab, like, or is no. that completely off the limits? I think it should be off. The See, limits. I don't know though. Not in that way. I think, f- like, when you're a writer, you're a creative. You're you have an imagination. You can write about whatever. Yeah. I do though think that if you're writing about, there's like the politicalness of it. So I feel like yeah. you can't write about a topic that you're not aware. But the on. thing is that writers write about topics they're not aware about all the time. Like, like if a writer wrote about a white guy living in a trailer park does he live in a trailer park he has no experience with that writers like that's the whole point of being a fiction writer you don't you you make up if these you're stories. writing about a black family i think the and you're a white no 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 but you're a white person and you're writing about a black family there is no way you know what black yeah. people feel so there's no way that what you're writing yeah. is going to translate into I the 100 percent agree with that i think he, i also think if you're like if you're a man, leave it to the person who understands the experience. There's plenty of writers who understand. Exactly. Give about, them room. Right. But yeah. what I'm saying is that that rule is kind of crazy because writers that's never write about things I that know. they know. It's, it's tricky. Like, that's the whole point of being a writer. You step into someone else's mm-hmm. experience and like hopefully you Like, if you're you writing about, right. like, a stripper... And how she do- yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're a stripper and you went through all these experiences. But that also gives me, like, it also... Is stripper the right, uh, the po- politi- politically no correct? I, I think, think so. I also, it makes me think that, like, are we only going to write about what we know now? Like, so that also is another question. Like, I always think, if I'm going to be an Arab writer, am I only going to write about being Arab? I don't want to be boxed in like sure. that. Sure. So I'm going to try to write from all different... I think the job of the creative is to step into other people's minds. I do think, obviously, it's a touchy subject when it comes to race or religion or whatever. It's weird when it comes to race. Because you can't possibly understand. And also, because, like I said, you want to leave room for those people of color. Right, your stories, yeah. 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 It's weird, though. But, I mean, and then there's the whole other topic that we were talking about which was how many arabs were outraged when rami came out because he didn't like tell the story that they've lived their whole lives and you can't expect you literally can't expect one person to write like i said a story of millions he's writing his story just like alia when she was writing her book she was only writing and i think she touched on it too in in the episode that she was on she's not writing for every Arab woman in the world. She's writing yeah. her story. And yeah. if you can relate, that's amazing. Then she wrote something that you can relate to. And if you can't, you can't be offended at it. And that's like, that's the frustrating part is that you can't be offended because your story isn't written yet because we have such little representation. Yeah. If you want your story to be written, write it yourself. Yeah. Like, go ahead and do it That's yourself. why I think it's actually really important for parents to incur, like, to stop encouraging everyone to be doctors and nurses and whatever. Like, those are important jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. But I'm saying, like, I do think parents need to start encouraging their kids to go into different fields so that we have representation in every single Definitely, field, yeah. whether it's whatever it is, mm-hmm. like women in engineering or journalists or whatever mm-hmm. field. It doesn't only have to be media, but mm-hmm. if we have representation in every single corner of society, then will feel it's really like- inspiring too because I remember when it, and I I really don't want to keep butchering her name Im, Iman Hamim or whatever the half Egyptian half Moroccan model when she was like coming up I was so inspired by her because I 
really, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever come across an Arab model in my life. Mm -hmm. So that to me was just so cool that someone who had a similar background to me can do this and can be on the cover of Vogue and can be running on runways and be hanging out with like these top models and be kind of associated with them. That was just so cool to me. And that inspired, I don't know if she was the sole reason that inspired me, but like it was so inspiring to watch her do that. And it's like, if we had the Iman Hamim for everyone, like every field, then like so many Arabs would not be so afraid to take the like leap and do something that is so different than what they've Mm -hmm. been taught to do. I also think actually we really focus on, like I said, representation in the media, which is important because it's the thing people see the most. So what reaches the most people. But like I really think, I was thinking about it and I'm like, imagine having so many like Arab teachers, like Arabs in every single field, Mm -hmm. because that's how you start like... Mm-hmm. building another image of what like the truer Im- and a yeah. more complete full picture mm-hmm. um the the thing we were talking about yesterday with nura is how do you feel like when a writer writes a story about like an oppressed arab an arab writer writes a story about the oppressed arab woman like it kind of pisses you off doesn't it so the, again like i feel like i can't really touch on it so much it pisses me off because it's like I said, it's the story that everyone's waiting on. It's all these like rumors that are being told about Arabs. And then it's like, oh, well, an Arab wrote this. That solidifies this uh-huh. rumor that I've been hearing. That means that, yes, like Arab yeah. women are always oppressed. And that pisses me off. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I know this because like some women are oppressed in uh-huh. the Arab world. But to me, it almost feels like and I'm, I'm talking more about books when I talk about this. Yeah. It talks about like. I feel like when any Arab woman wants to write a book and wants to sell her book and wants mm-hmm. to make that like good money off her book sales, she's always writing about her <laughs> mom being beaten up and like it's always a story of like she was beaten up, she was oppressed, blah 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 blah. Like and or I, she was forced to get married and then she her was husband to get turned out at to a young be an age, abuser. Yeah. Like, I feel such complicated things about this because... That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what the right thing to say story, is. it's your story, you have to say it. And mm-hmm. if you've gotten the opportunity to get a book deal, then you're going to write the story that you want to write. And that's totally everybody's right. Um, I have a friend who's a writer and she she just, like, says... She refuses. She's like, I'm not going to write the oppressed Arab woman story. I'm not. Right. Like, even if it's true, I'm not going to write it. I don't know how I feel about that because... Like we said, even if you're going to write the oppressed Arab woman story, when you're an Arab writing it versus a like a non-Arab telling the story, then you're going to tell it with nuance. You're going to tell it with like the details that are the most true to life, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, I think that thing that really pisses me off the most about those stories is that they get so much like they get so much good recognition i remember so many good reviews even if the books like are not well written the reviews will be raving just because it's the story that people want to see i remember reading a woman is no man and having such mixed feelings about it because it was a story of this palestinian family who came here i think it was in the 90s so not Mm -hmm. too long ago and they have a history of abuse and the men always you know Uh pretty much like beat to death Uh like some of the women in the family and if we're being honest guys i have truly never heard of this in my life Uh like my mom has had so many arab i've never heard of a story like that i've never heard of a story where the man hit his wife 
because she didn't obey his rules. I've never heard of it. So when I was reading it, I was like infuriated because I felt like, why is this woman telling this story? And then like her audience, yes, it's Arab, but a lot of it is like that American audience that already has like these weird feelings about Arabs. And it was like, this book just came into their lives and now they're really going to believe that what they always had imagined was true and it like pissed me off so 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 much like I was enjoying the book and then I was like oh I fucking hate this like I can't read something like this it's like making me so angry and then I got angry at myself because I was like what if she's telling a story that was actually true to her yeah why am I so pissed off but that's because we have such little representation Mm -hmm. that the one book that exists is telling the story that I don't like. (laughs) That's the thing. I actually feel embarrassed to say it, but I do get really mad that, like, even if the story is true, I'm just like, oh, don't tell it in front of people. Like, you're just reinforcing their beliefs already, Um, which is not... It's also very unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. because we need those stories too. Um, Because the way I look at it, it's like white people can make a story about a man hitting his wife. And it's, like, empowering and it's amazing and all of this stuff. And then they can also make the happy family story. because there's and so there's many There's so many. Yeah, you can do yeah. whatever you want. And nobody is, like, oh, you see that movie? All white men are like that. All white yeah. men, you know, beat their wives and all that stuff. And, like, it makes me sad because we have this, like, very little, like, percentage of that. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's not, like, telling the story that, like, it's, like, ooh, like, white, like, I mean, Arab people have freedom and they're these creative people and they're yeah. amazing and... So it makes me sad because it's like your one chance to tell people the story that you want to get. That's the thing that's scary, though, is like we shouldn't. It's not going to be our one chance because hopefully one person opening the door means that there's going to hopefully in the works right now. There's like another Arab American show. that's. I mean, our friends alone, like like we have a lot of friends in the creative field and they're doing amazing things. So give it like three more years and there are going to be these amazing movies and books coming out that are telling the story that like we're familiar with and that like i i honestly think most arab communities are familiar with i think the whole oppressed thing is a very small percentage that like sells so people are that's the thing that really does make me mad though like i'll be honest like i'll i read the new york times book review a lot and if i see an arab uh, an arab author or like um an arab american story being told or a Mm -hmm. muslim american story being told i immediately i'm like i'm gonna hate this book like i judge it from the beginning because i'm like yeah if the new york times is raving about it it's gonna be some bullshit story about like a stereotype that they want reinforced right um or whatever publication is writing a good review about it but just like we want just like we want our story to be written yeah why so many people want their story to be written i think my thing is like that's been written it's been told like the arab terrorist and the arab oppressed woman have been told millions of times by arabs and by non-arabs by non-arabs like we are they already took over that we know it we know it already write a different one but it's stupid again because if that's your it doesn't even have to be your experience if you're Mm -hmm. a fiction writer you could write about it without it being your experience um but yeah oh man do you see arab representation in like music not like DJ Khaled and like all that stuff. No, well, I don't listen to music but, as much as you do, so I wouldn't yeah. know actually. I also feel like there's this like wave of new rappers <laughs> and and these people who are, again, like sh- I feel like they strictly talk about politics, and that's another thing I want. Like a well, Beer is pretty cool, and she just uh-huh. like is a great singer. But yeah, I mean, 
when you live here you like are so you wait for the moment that like an arab dude wins like the golden globe or an arab guy wins a grand uh sorry an oscar or like this person like we're, we were so proud when rami malik won the oscar like it was just like a moment and it's like it's crazy because he you know he's this he's egyptian yeah but like he isn't as associated with that culture as like we made it seem but like it was so cool to he's see very that. egyptian and like when you watch interviews with his family they're very egyptian he just doesn't speak arabic it seems um and i don't think like he went that, to egypt yeah. often or anything yeah, like yeah. that but um Another part of this that I wanted to talk about was when you were showing me Black AF. Minna mm-hmm. really likes Black, Black AF and we were watching an episode. So the guy was saying, like, the whole joke kind of in the show was that he only writes about Black. Like, his whole thing is he writes about Black people. Like, he mm-hmm. writes about Black experiences. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times in writing, when you come from, a, like, a minority group, group, you almost don't want to write about it because you don't want the easy way in. Like, my mom, for example, when we told her about Rami, she was like, oh, I'm not, like, I'm not going to like it because he's, like, khalas, like, don't write about being Arab. Like, succeed without writing about being Arab. Like, Mm -hmm. it's seen as the easy way in to write about something that's, like, a hot, especially in the Trump era. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, like, Arab writers should write about other things? Like, I feel like that's a stupid question, but I've thought about it should write or like Like, star in other things like like my the the writing teacher that i took a workshop with she's iranian she was saying that like for so much of her career she did not want to write about being iranian Mm -hmm. and then she was like okay well i'm a writer i need to make money i'm gonna start writing about being iranian and then her career completely set off she became the writer that writes about iran i think we touched on this in one of the really really early episodes was like when you look at yourself do you look at yourself like oh i'm mena i'm the arab writer Mm. or are you just i'm a writer like what do you like how do you want to be represented like is arab such a big Mm -hmm. part and i think like a lot of these people who are coming up right now i think that like is such a huge part of their identity but i do also value when it's just like this like zico zico is this egyptian actor who's in a role where Yes, in the in like his role that was written for him, he's this Egyptian FBI agent. But the whole role isn't about him just being Egyptian. He's just yeah. great at his job and he does what he does and that's it, right? Yeah. I also like that and I think there's like beauty in that that like you don't have to be this walking like I think though if we're going to be honest, at first it's going to be if you're an Arab actor, if you're an Arab writer, you're going to only be wanted to write about Arabic experiences or or Arab experiences, or Arab American experience, or Arab Muslim experience, whatever it is. Um, but then it still puts you... It I want to get to the point where we can write a show about a family that happens to be Arab, but it's like normal human experiences filtered that through an Arab lens. Has but that felt- Yeah, but that the, not, the central theme mm-hmm. does not revolve around them being Arab. It's just them living their lives and they happen to be Arab. So right. they're going to be eating the kushari and they're going to be eating the mulukhaya. But, like, that's not the central identity of the show. Yeah. I want to get to that point. Again, there just needs to be more people doing it. Because... because sorry, sorry to cut you off. But when I think about it, it's... When you write only about Arab experiences, it box... Not only it boxes you in as, a, as an artist or whatever. It boxes in your entire... Like, when they want a movie about 
to cops, mm-hmm. like let's be cops, they're not going to get the Arab writer. They're going to get the normal writer mm-hmm. that they've always resorted to. And right. they're going to put you telling the Arab stories. Well, that's what I'm saying. Then it's like... By the I way, neither of us is in the film industry. Because I'm sure... Imagine someone who's in the film industry. She's like, that's not how it's... <laughs> but but like, I feel like this is both, our, what yeah. we think of the yeah, film yeah. industry. I don't know. I, a part of it is like if you... I just want Arabs to exist in, yeah. in the and not be like, oh, I'm Arab. This is me setting myself apart. No, I'm yeah. like you, dude. You're white. I'm Arab. But we're doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's not that my Arabness got me to where mm-hmm. I'm at. It's my talent that got me mm-hmm. to where I'm at. And I think that is going to exist also in the future. I think we just need to take it day by day. It's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. Because even with like black shows or latina singers and all this stuff like this is so new still we're not used to seeing a show about a hispanic family who is doing this this and that like do you know what i mean it's still so new like i love is it gentified on netflix gentified so good i loved it and again like spanish was being spoken and it was totally fine and like it was spanish music and it just felt so good because it felt so like mm-hmm. normal like it wasn't yeah. and and I, I just think it's gonna take time i don't know yeah but i do hope that people arabs are more open to being in creative fields and i know it's really not practical to be in those fields especially now i think about it and i'm like oh mm-hmm. like if i if really if i had studied something that was just a little bit more well if you want to like i just think arab parents need to s- encourage their kids to explore whatever it is they want yeah, and not, like like some. I'm pretty sure a lot of people in practical fields they wanted that. Like they. That's oh, what I'm they sure. Wanted, yeah. yeah, like I, I'm not saying that every doctor was forced mm-hmm. to go into med school. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying I know there are so many stories we can't deny it of yeah. like someone whose passion is clearly art or mm-hmm. singing and don't do it because yeah, it's just not practical and it's yeah. not by the way i'm not like gonna sell people a line be like yeah. oh it's just like you're gonna be making money right when you that's not how it works yeah but i do want people to be more open to it because i think so many stories need to be shared and it just the way we look at these people and we're like oh it's so nice that like they're mm-hmm. they're doing this and they're arab like it's so cool really it's so cool for Arab people to be on an award show yeah. and win something like yeah. it just makes you feel so full and mm-hmm. and happy so I want that to be the norm like I want that to be something that just always happens yeah. I also think like it's so when I was young I remember when they would say like not young actually just like a few years ago when they would say like represent like how why is it so important to see yourself on the screen I'd be like Ugh, like it's it is important but I never paid so much attention to mm-hmm. it but it really is so important, not only so that you feel less insecure about yourself, but because your culture won't vanish. Like, mm-hmm. like the part of Rami that I loved the most, I would say, is that there were episodes where they spoke fully in Arabic. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool that, like, you're forcing your viewer to just fucking read the subtitles. Like, it's mm-hmm. not that hard. Um, and I love that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I feel like because we're so globalized in America basically takes over every country not in terms of like army or whatever but in terms of like thought our movies are watched everywhere in the world Mm -hmm. our shows like friends is watched in every Mm -hmm. single country on earth uh beyonce is like listened to in every single country um so i feel like america takes over 
everyone's identity almost Mm -hmm. so i feel like when you have a show like that even by the way in english speaking Mm -hmm. countries like Mm -hmm. in the everywhere even in europe yeah yeah. they are so obsessed with american entertainment and i just always find it funny like i think that's like our biggest product Mm -hmm. is like entertainment well just by the way speaking of entertainment entertainment is the biggest influence on americans like i think when it comes to like yeah. The way you view the world. Oh my God. Entertainment. I'm touching up. This is touching up on my food. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. But yeah, entertainment is the biggest influence. So I feel like if you are writing these mm-hmm. shows, like you're influencing so many people. And again, like Hager was saying, go into any field. I just want to see Arabs be yeah. in different fields. Yes, I agreed 100% why we're talking about it in the media is because, again, like you have, s- it's like an outlet where you can touch so many people beyond your reach where in a lot of other fields you're only touching the people that are surrounding you and and it's not a big like a huge chunk of the world but and like for me like it is important especially as i see arab countries whether it be in egypt or lebanon or dubai or whatever or uae the arabic language is so gone like Mm -hmm. people speak english yeah yeah. depending obviously Mm -hmm. on your education or whatever but um to be represented on the screen also means that so much of your cultural identity is not going to die out mm-hmm. like it's going it's to live whether it's in the world movies yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah so that's important too. i'd love to get into acting yeah if i wasn't such a security security, security cat, cat. <laughs> yeah it seems like it would be cool mm-hmm. but anyway are we Maybe done with the episode yet <laughs> i think we are Oh, 29 minutes. We actually talked for quite a long time. Sorry if this episode was kind of like... All over the place? Yeah. It felt kind of... Yeah. It's okay. We're coming back next week. (laughs) Stronger than ever. (laughs) Stronger than yesterday. (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Why are we trying to prolong this? I guess this is it. This is it. I also just want to say it's been really so amazing we've gotten so many messages in the last yeah. week that like <laughs> have i feel like me and Hager are like five-year-olds when we get a message it's like she'll literally call me she's in the next room she'll be like oh my god did you see that message that we got on yellow by so cool i love it <laughs> yeah i like we act like five-year-olds <laughs> positive reinforcement is like the way i think into my heart <laughs> not even like not even pop it's just i really never imagined that like I could create something that people can relate to. So it's just cool. Yeah. When it happens. Even if, honestly, even if it's not even like someone, it's not positive reinforcement and just like someone asking us a question. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? Like, people care about my opinion. It's insane. But anyway, that's been really amazing. And I'm so grateful for everyone who listens. And I just, it's so cool. Really, the podcast is my favorite thing to do. Me too. It's definitely my favorite part. Yeah. I can't wait to grow it and like, have more people on here and get it to like where we want it to be but it's just fun even even now. I like it both of us but I do think I'm really excited for more guests because I feel like our opinions are we've talked about them so much with each other but like bringing in a completely third person is really cool like I think they're yeah. gonna bring in so much to the conversation that's different than yeah we were yeah Anyway, my Sa'afulu this week is about a white dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> um, 
I've been watching, well, I finished the season of Dave on Hulu. It's so funny. It is. It's really, really funny. And then now we're, I'm rewatching it with my brother and my sister. So good. We're also rewatching Rami, so that's that. Yeah. It's really um, funny. I watched it's really funny. How many? Two episodes, right? Yeah. yeah. Little Dicky's really just like a funny guy. Yeah. He's and then so like funny. giving him a show is just the best thing you can do, you know? <laughs> it's like, why didn't he have this show years it's ago? It's so weird. When I think about him, actually, he's one of the people I'm like, wow, like, I can't so believe smart. he made it. Like, I really so can't smart. believe it. He's one of those people that really was like, this is a fucking wild idea, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. commit to it. I'm going to commit to it. It's yeah. so cool. Um, my uh, Sa'afudu is a podcast called Wind of Change. And it's um, it's by Pineapple Street Studio, Crooked, and Spotify. And Spotify basically, I guess, has like exclusive rights over it, so you could binge all eight episodes on Spotify. But if you like, if you don't have Spotify, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts. It's just you have to wait every other Sunday for them to release an episode. And it's about um, the song. Hager hasn't stopped talking about this. I haven't, guys. but I haven't finished it, which is weird because usually if I love something, I'll finish it. So this indicative Hager loves it um i do love it <laughs> it's about this song wind of change that basically came out by this group called the scorpions and it was like it was like a put not a push but like it was about the moment don't that the give berlin too much wall, away because i think not, that this people, is okay. in the like first two seconds okay. of it. the berlin wall came down or whatever um and then the whole question of the podcast is somewhat the reporter's friend heard from an ex-member of the CIA song. that the CIA wrote the song. Mm-hmm. And the whole podcast is basically trying to figure out, did the CIA write the song? Hmm. Um, and then the question that's really raised is basically like, wow, the CIA actually gets involved with music and entertainment, which goes back to our point that like, if the CIA is getting involved in music and entertainment, that they know a huge impact. that yeah. music and entertainment is like the reason totally, yeah. like for change in a lot of areas or whatever. Um, it's really good. <laughs> you should listen to it. It's actually really crazy because I, it's crazy that Spotify, like, I just read that Spotify, um, starting September is going to have exclusive rights oh, over right. Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, wow. Which his is podcast crazy. is crazy. Like, that's the podcast. I feel like any guy I know listens to Joe Rogan. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like Dax and like Mark Maron and stuff like that base their podcast off. They just all kind of sound the same, honestly. It's really But Joe insane. Rogan is kind of huge. So that means that, like, Spotify is, like, really... I don't know if it's good or bad. Spotify is going to want exclusive rights to oh, have Yalabai. our Yalabai, but no, we're not going like, to do that to you guys. I do think it's weird. Like, I, it it's good. It means that podcasts are really, like, staying. It's mm-hmm. not a trend. But I don't know if I want one company to be, like, in, fully in control. Like yeah. That, but, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Bye. Love you. I feel like I'm going to go cry. I don't know why. Wait, also, the person who reviewed us and said, you guys have such soothing voices, um, you should try ASMR. Thank you. But <laughs> Did you get the reference? But also, Hager took that upon herself to think that she was like, oh, I think this comment was for me, but she said you guys so that you feel included and you don't feel bad about yourself. So if you want to DM us and tell us if that comment was actually for the both of us or if it was just for I Hager, please let me know. I percent I'm convinced that it was Even my me. mom was like, la minna? Minna man, the soothing voice. <laughs> I 100% think it was for me, 
But I don't know because on the podcast, you're a little bit tamer. But I think if they met us in real life, it would 100% be for me. I don't know. I don't know. But I love you for Thank reviewing. Thank you so much for reviewing. All right, cool. See you guys next week. Bye. Hello, bye.